Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. And we continue with our American stories. And we've told stories from many of the museums across this great country, from the Salt and Pepper Shaker Museum to the Museum of Bad Art and even the American Banjo Museum. Today, we have Aaron Berger, Executive Director of the Neon Museum in Las Vegas, the capital of Neon, to share the history of Las Vegas and the iconic signage associated with it. So the story is actually pretty interesting. It was officially founded in 1996. I think one of the great things about Las Vegas is this constant evolution. Every time you visit, if you come by once a year, you're going to see a different landscape and a different cityscape. But there were volunteers who were concerned about the signage that, especially since they couldn't preserve some of the buildings that were being raised, they wanted to preserve the signage that was out front. A unique aspect of signage is that in many cases, the building itself doesn't own the sign, even if it's attached to the building. It's actually leased by the sign maker. And so the sign maker actually owns that piece of property. And so you can raise a building, but the sign often goes back to the original sign maker and they you know, have what's called a boneyard, which is a place for them to pull parts, pull neon tubing, pull lights, pull mechanics. And so these concerned citizens in 96 um, started meeting with various sign makers and saying, you know, we, we'd like to make sure that these parts of history don't necessarily get used to create new signage, but we actually save the original pieces themselves. It's fascinating to me 
to be able to tell the story of history using such an unusual medium, right? So we're using, we're using outdoor signage to tell you the story of Las Vegas history. It took until 2012 for us to actually open our facility in our current space, which is on Las Vegas Boulevard. We're a little under three acres of property. We have four physical components to the Neon Museum. The first that, it's hard to say it's my favorite, but I'd say it's probably my favorite, is actually the physical building, the lobby that you enter. It's called La Concha, which means the shell. It was designed by an architect named uh, Paul Revere Williams. Paul Revere Williams was the first black architect to be accepted into the AIA. He designed this piece of architecture. It looks like a, a seashell, but it was designed to try and attract people off the roadway, to be this sort of unusual enough looking building that someone would actually pull off the road and say, I wanna see this. So that's our lobby. Um, we get a chance to tell a little bit about Paul Revere Williams, his contributions. This is mid-century, a time where some people would maybe not feel comfortable sitting next to a black man, even though he's your architect, and even though he's an architect who's building the homes of Lucille Ball and Frank Sinatra. Um, so he really learned how to draw out designs upside down so that people could sit on the other side of the desk from him and still understand his designs. So I think that's a, a unique part of history and an important part of kind of setting the stage of when you come to the Neon Museum. That's the first step. Second step is um, the Neon Boneyard. So the Boneyard, again, refers to the concept of what sign makers have, which is, again, a space that they go into to pull parts and use for the recreation of new signage. Um, we have curated our Boneyard so that it is a very thoughtful and logical tour through everything from small businesses to casinos, the strip, motels, uh, and, and really gives you sort of a, um, a walk through Las Vegas history. One of the things that, that was really striking to me as a visitor is as you tour the Boneyard, you're given an insight into, into the black experience by being shown the Moulin Rouge sign. The Moulin Rouge was a casino that while it lived for a short period of time, was the first integrated hotel in Las Vegas. So if you had someone like Aretha Franklin or Sammy Davis Jr. who would perform on the strip, they would do these great shows. They would, of course, pack the house, but they weren't allowed to stay in those hotels. So the Moulin Rouge became a place for both black and white visitors to stay. It was often a, a 2.30 in the morning show. So after Aretha Franklin had done two shows uh, again on the strip, she would do a third show at the Moulin Rouge for, for the people staying there. So we have that amazing sign. We have the story of women. We have the story of the indigenous people from Las Vegas and the Las Vegas area. We have the story of Latinx community, the LGBT community. All of these stories are conveyed as you walk through and learn a little bit about the signage that you're seeing. The third is the brilliant show. A few years ago, we contracted with an artist whose name is Craig Winslow. We have a gallery that is, there's no electricity going to the signage at all. These signs are largely to a point where they are beyond conservation. There's nothing we can really do to bring them back to life. So Craig has developed through a, a, a process called projection mapping, two large towers that pinpoint light onto these, for lack of a better word, dead signs and he brings them back to life. And, and when I say pinpoint, it really is looking at each individual light bulb and seeing that light bulb begin to flicker and come back to life. 
He does it to sort of an iconic Las Vegas soundtrack. So you'll hear everything from Frank Sinatra to Lady Gaga to, of course, Elvis, and bringing it back all of these, these incredible signs in a great 25-minute experience. And then the fourth aspect is what's outside the museum walls. So we have over a dozen pieces of our collection that adorn different parts of downtown Las Vegas. So through South Las Vegas Boulevard, you'll see signage that's out there, the silver slipper, you'll see uh, motel signs, you'll see wonderful pieces that are just really fantastic. And they're all part of our collection, but it's in partnership with the city that you can take advantage and, and uh, kind of revel in those pieces as well. So neon signs really, um, I think their heyday was, was in the 50s. We have examples dating back to as early as the 30s in our collection. But you know the, the, the basis of neon is to use electricity to, to draw someone's attention. I think the reason Las Vegas is such an epicenter for neon is that all of our, whether it's the gaming industry, the casinos, the, the attractions that we have, the restaurants, we're all vying for someone's attention. And so these combination of neon uh, lights added to flashing light bulbs, added to you know these, these glimmering kind of stars and shines, these, this is what sort of attracts the person to come in off the street and check out this location versus the location next door. So the signage is, is critical in a town like Las Vegas. I mean, it's what's going to bring someone in. You know, in the 30s, we were dealing with prohibition at that point. The oldest sign we have in our collection is one from the, the Green Shack, and it is a, a, a restaurant. Um, we know that it's from the 30s, but we know it's also from after prohibition because they're promoting cocktails. You know, Las Vegas sort of bloomed from people coming from the West Coast, Las Vegas, or from Los Angeles, coming through town. And so the city sort of developed as a result of that, of trying to get people off the road and have a chance to come and spend the night, to take advantage of all the things that are offered. But it was also a place as the Hoover Dam was being built. It was also a place where people would come to see the Hoover Dam, to see this architectural marvel. There were, of course, need for the, the workers who were working at the dam to have places to go and enjoy after an incredibly long day of work. So the Green Shack is a great example of that. We have over 850 signs in our permanent collection. On display, we have about 250 signs that are out in, in the actual boneyard or in the North Gallery. And then at night, we illuminate about two dozen signs. The reason that we illuminate just that 24 or so is because A, if we were to illuminate everything, you would get a really great sunburn. B, you would sort of get lost and you wouldn't be able to really appreciate any one sign in particular. So newest acquisition that's just come in, we've just accepted the Planet Hollywood sign. So this is an incredibly iconic globe that is 25 feet across weighs somewhere in the range of about 13,000 pounds. It opened in 94 outside uh, Caesar's Palace on the Strip. And when the opening took place, there were 10,000 people in stadium seats outside to watch the stars arrive for the opening of this restaurant. So including, and it wasn't just stars, I mean, George and Barbara Bush came to the opening of this, of the restaurant. The signs are, again, they're a catalyst, right? They're, they're what starts the conversation. What excites me is when people tell me about staying at the Moulin Rouge or their experience, you know, if they were one of the 10,000 standing outside waiting to see the next celebrity at Planet Hollywood. So those types of things, those stories we love to collect as well. So we do programs certainly that are educational by nature. We want people to come in and learn a lot more 
um, and take a deeper dive into some of our stories. But we do weddings, we do album covers, photo shoots for everything from TV shows to the cover of magazines. So it is, there is no place truly on earth like the Neon Museum. It's a great way to, to just, I don't know, immerse yourself in Las Vegas's heyday. And a special thanks to Faith and Madison for their work on the storytelling. And a special thanks also to Aaron Berger, Executive Director of the Neon Museum in Las Vegas. Go to neonmuseum.org to learn more. And the next time I'm in Vegas, I'll make sure to stop by. Same with you the next time you're visiting the great town and city of Las Vegas. By all means, pay a visit. The story of the Neon Museum, here on Our American Stories. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.